all is well. It's VBS week here when we're recording this, yes. which makes it uh, extra Not fun. Not VBS week when it comes out. That's right, but it's just yes. fun here. It is so fun. It's been fun. lots of excitement. And you have a very special role during yeah. VBS, which is like, so far I've experienced two. Mm-hmm. In general, I would call you the hype man. Yeah, that would um, be fair. Last year, a mad scientist. Yes. And this year. Mario. Oh, and you make a very good Mario. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, um, it's been a really good week. Yeah, it's though. been fun. So shout out to all the family discipleship team yeah. who have worked their behinds off. Yep. So today we are talking about something not quite as uh, joyful <laughs> <laughs> uh, as VBS. But yeah. no, it was still really good. Yeah. So last week was the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. And you had a lot of thoughts I did. coming back from that. Yeah. And so um, you are just going to take a minute here. Yeah. I'm going to kind of sit back and sure. listen uh, to just share with the church kind of your Almost like an update. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I went to the Southern Baptist Convention. I do not go every year um, or I haven't made that a habit to go every year. Um, I went a couple years ago and I think I did a podcast about it then. Um, just trying to help everybody know. Uh, usually when there is stuff that uh, the media grabs a hold of or social media or even just other pastor friends that you might have, um, it feels like it's helpful to, okay, what what really happened? Um, and uh, I, I've received an email or two, uh, a couple text messages, and really mostly just like hallway questions. Hey, uh, were you there? What happened? What did you think? Uh, and so I thought it might be good to do that. Um, so a few things that come to mind. One, there was another presidential election. So the president of the Southern Baptist Convention is a volunteer position um, that they are they they hold really for the three days, the, the two days of the convention. It only meets those two days, but he has responsibilities throughout the year to help select different uh, committees and um, different things like that. But um, one of typically that that happens you, you are selected for one year term but you can have two terms and most of the time you are kind of given the courtesy of uh, that second term if there hasn't been problems and so um, there was one, unusually uh, this would have been Bart Barber's time to have a second term. And so typically that's, it's kind of unopposed, but that was not the case this time. Another guy by the name of Mike Stone was nominated and ran. And uh, some people wondered if it would be a really tight race um, just because of some of the things Mike Stone was suggesting or that some of the people uh, kind of in his uh, camp, so to speak, were thinking. And so, uh, but honestly, Bart Barber had already been doing a really great job at the convention itself, at the meeting. And so it seemed to really help his case that he was handling himself well, controlling the room. That, that sounds like a more intense thing, but like his job just to kind of manage the, the meeting itself. Um, and so that was good. Um, and uh, so that ended up being like a 68% vote toward uh, Bart getting a second term. Uh, I felt very good about that. I was very encouraged by his leadership um, in particular. And yeah, the convention is basically, for the most part, it's 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 a two-day business meeting. And so the president functions as the moderator for that. And so it's a, it's a big task of, uh, okay, person on mic 10, hey, person on whatever, uh, hey, you you can't make a point of order right now. He's got to know the Robert's rules of order. There's a parliamentarian whispering in his ear all the time. Um, and so, so he has a good big job and, and he, he did a 
very good job this last year. And so I was glad to see him get that role again. Um, and so then we'll see what happens next year because he won't be able to, to run again. Uh, one of the other significant things to me, um, this was this was probably not described in the uh, in most of the media outlets or even other pastors might not have thought much about this, but the International Mission Board, all of the entities give a report. So all six seminaries, the North American Mission Board, the International Mission Board, all of those give a report. And the International Mission Board report is always a significant report because it's updating you on what's taken place the last year. So the, the problem that I saw with that report um, was there was they reported uh, 21,000 churches planted, and there's only 3,100 missionaries on the field. And so quick math says that that would mean every missionary on the field planted seven churches. Um, and so knowing that that wasn't the case, I'm very thankful another uh, messenger uh, member of the convention uh, kind of went to a mic and asked some clarification about that. Um, there was some clarification brought, and some of that was really to help understand that not all of these uh, churches were actually planted by IMB missionaries, but could have been by uh, a, a church who planted a church who planted a church kind of thing. Um, so the problem I saw with that was I would rather just hear the number that was actually planted by an IMB missionary. And if that number is only 500 instead of 21,000, I'm going to be just as thrilled I would have a greater clarity. And so I was a little disappointed in that. Um, there was a couple other comments that I, I wished uh, Paul Chitwood, the, the president, had not made. But I will say what excites me, when I, when I, part of the reason I want to continue to support is when I think about um, the, there were 79, I think the number was 79 uh, missionaries that we commissioned to the ends of the earth. And so to see those men and women uh, Couples, singles stand before this group, some behind literally like only seeing their shadow because we couldn't see their face, going to difficult places uh, for the sake of the gospel. Like that's what the IMB is really about. And so uh, I got more excited in that regard. It's kind of disappointed with the way that that other presentation was made. And uh, so I wish that maybe in the future there would be greater clarity. Just tell us the one number instead of the the larger number that might sound better than it than it is. I'm glad that there are 21,000 new churches, um, but they're just not all from us in that sense. So uh, that was something. Um, and then probably the thing that's gotten the most media attention was in February, the executive committee, that's what they're charged to do, is remove churches that are considered no longer in friendly cooperation with the convention. So this can take place. They evaluate churches most years, and some of those uh, do not rise to the level of being in not friendly cooperation. Um, once they're removed, each of those churches have the opportunity to, um, like, appeal that decision. So technically, they're all, all already removed. Um, and so there were three that chose to appeal that. Um, one of those was removed very specifically for uh, their pastor having credible accusations against him for uh, abuse um, by multiple uh, individuals. And so uh, the, the church seemed to be leaning towards disagreeing with the pastor and kind of letting the past be the past. And the convention was saying, no, 
we're not going to allow that to to be. Um, and so that one, uh, it was like a 96% uh, vote that, that they their appeal was denied. Um, then there were two churches that were appealing because they have um, female pastors in in a pastoral role, uh, whether it's the lead pastor or not, but in a pastoral role. And one of those um, was a church called Fern Creek, and another one was Saddleback, formerly pastored by Rick Warren. Um, and so that's certainly the one that had a lot more name recognition with it. Um, and they're one of the largest churches in the convention. And so the fact that they are no longer in friendly cooperation caused a, a pretty big stir. Um, and that whole feeling, um, in light of the last couple years in regard to uh, whether or not women were feeling heard uh, that had been abused, and and now there's something about women again, but on a different end of the spectrum in regard to uh, what almost feels like a, whether or not women are valued or not. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a challenge um, to hear, try to hear both sides and listen to those things. Um, so, so in this, uh, both of those, their appeal was rejected as well. Fern Creek by 92%, uh, Saddleback by 88%. The positive, if I'll say that about those three votes, were that um, they, there was a very high uh, uh, togetherness, unity among the convention. Uh, that, that It's better than if, if it was even 55% or 60%. Like you want to see, okay, the convention feels pretty strongly about that. You'd rather have that. So that was good. The negative is that the way the bylaws are written, there's not a lot of room because the speeches are only allowed to be three minutes. There's not a lot of room to express value to women while saying no women can't do this role. And so I was thinking about that at Colonial Heights and the struggle that it is for me as I as I sat in the room and thought, no, like, I, I, the all and the people that spoke did try to say something positive, but there was so little room space for that um, that it it did it left this kind of empty feeling of again as I'm thinking about I'm not a woman so I don't know who that feels it can feel a little lack like there would needed to be more. So you couple that with this other vote that took place that was to amend the Constitution to kind of double down on or strengthen the language regarding uh, women as pastors. So that took place the next day. And that again, that was what's interesting about it. It it does not pass until next year. So there was an 80 percent positive vote toward it, that amendment. But it, because it's an amendment to the Constitution, it takes two years of voting. So it won't happen again till next year, That and it will likely pass. But here's what I would say, and I feel like most of our listeners are Colonial Heights members. Those who are not, this is what I would say just generally, that I want to speak this part. The Bible is very clear of the value that women have, both in the church, in the family, in society, uh, Jesus demonstrates that repeatedly with the conversations and relationships that are healthy that he has. Uh, I, I do believe uh, that Scripture teaches that the there is an office, the office of elder, uh, interchangeable there with pastor, uh, overseer, is reserved for men. It's the way that God has designed um, the 
the church to function in that way. But what that doesn't mean is that women cannot uh, minister. In fact, we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. It does not mean that women cannot teach in any way. It does not mean that women cannot uh, carry responsibility. I think even here uh, about roles that we have women in, we have women that are life group teachers. We have women that uh, lead on committees and serve in a variety of ways. Uh, we have a women's advisory council that uh, provides care toward women in particular. Um, and so what I would want to 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 help people see is this one piece is not saying that women can't do the Great Commission, <laughs> that women aren't called to make disciples, invest in others, teach others, equip others. It's the one particular role. And I feel like that's by everybody kind of doubling down, it it, it had it a little empty feeling uh, for the women who I would want them to hear we are valuing you. We are seeing you as strong and important and significant as an image bearer, just like men are image bearers. Um, but you, there is this one distinct difference in the role, and and that doesn't devalue women at all. And so that's what felt like uh, a little bit of uh, odd uh, contrast, if that makes sense. And again, you couple that with last the couple years ago, drama about and, and sinful covering up of abuse, some which was toward men, much more of which was toward women. And so it that that does not help uh, the situation at all. So that was a little bit saddening in that sense. It was heavy, although I agreed with the concept of uh, the that, that that men are, but I, again, I would even add to it, biblically qualified men are those that can serve as elders. Um, and I would say I'm so thankful for Colonial Heights. This isn't like a, a big fight that we're having to fight. Uh, it seems very much that the church embraces those truths, uh, both of complementarianism um, and in valuing women uh, in a variety of ways. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would say just being on staff here, uh, I have never one time felt devalued. So that's mm. a you know yeah good. It's it, encouraging. It's great. Yeah, I feel like and all the women I feel like on staff that I have talked with kind of feel that same way. Mm. So we appreciate your your thoughts and your um, your feelings towards yeah, that good. subject because good. it's important. Um, so is there anything else that you want to add? No, I, I, I'm curious. I don't know if I'll go next year. It's always timing and when and like what's happening in the life of the church. Um, but I would say, yeah, that as a church, we're still Southern Baptist. Um, as a church, we are still ones that uh, want to partner, cooperate together to make disciples of all nations. And uh, I think probably the thing I'm most excited about with the convention is the seminaries. There are healthy six seminaries that are training up pastors and missionaries and ministry leaders uh, for global work, and I can get really excited about that um, as they come alongside churches to help you know, make Christ's name known. So when I when I think about what I'm most excited about, it's actually the, those seminaries that are uh, providing that work, and particularly for Southern Baptist, providing it at a cheaper rate. Um, so it's a, it's a blessing. That's awesome. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Christ and All podcast. A new episode airs each Wednesday. If this episode has been interesting or helpful to you, you can subscribe and share this on your favorite social media platform. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to talk about, please send that because we find them very interesting. Send it to info at colonialheights.org. We look forward to hearing from you and thank you for listening. Thank you.